The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning, and how are you today? Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Today, I'm going to challenge you to make a difference. I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. So for this one hour, I'm asking you to spend this time listening, thinking about how this information presented today applies to you. Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You are the only person you can really change. And you are the only person that you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. I know you're busy. We are all very busy. And especially this time of year, this is a very busy time of year. There's so many things that we could get involved with, so many things to do. It's spring, and we want to get everything done at once. And sometimes, you know what that leads to. We get distracted. We lose our focus. We forget our goals. And we get caught up in all those tasks that have to be done. And we might even get overwhelmed or confused by everything that we have to get done, everything that we think we should be doing. And we get cluttered up within our minds. When it comes right down to it, have you lost focus? Do you remember your goals? Do you remember what you set out to make this year become for you? Are you taking for granted the people and the actions that are most important to you? Where are you spending your energy? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? This morning, I want to remind you that today is National Walking Day. It's a reminder to get out and take a walk. Have you walked today? It is a great day to go for a walk. And as you walk, you might reflect on the things that you are grateful for. Last night, we had a wonderful rainstorm. And this morning, just like Camelot, the sun is out. (laughs) I'm grateful for the sunshine today. It's a cool spring morning. So refreshing. Everything is new. The plants are springing up. The grass is getting green. The flowers are beginning to bloom. All of those things remind me of the blessings that I have in my world. What are 
the blessings that you have in your world. You know, I made a list of all the things that I could think of, the big things that I'm grateful for, not the little things. I appreciate the little things, the flowers that came back from last year and are blooming again already in the spring. And, of course, the cats who this morning are being kind enough to sleep through my radio show instead of bouncing and playing like they sometimes do. But even when they bounce and play, I'm grateful for them because of their energy, because they remind me to take moments to play. But I'm grateful for things like freedom, the freedom to choose my own path, to think my own thoughts, to manage my own schedule, and to be flexible in my service to others. I'm grateful for abundance, the abundance of healthy food, clean water, and both the refrigeration to store it and the stove to cook it. I'm grateful for the gift of perspective, my ability to see many sides to a situation and to see the possibility of a benefit in any challenge. I'm grateful because I have the gift right now of duality, of doing two things. In my work, I'm given both the blessing of working with people and the blessing of working in craft. And that fulfills me. I'm fulfilled through the service to others and also through creative expression. That fills me with so much gratitude because for me, it is the best of both worlds. I'm grateful for a book that a colleague has gifted me with. It's called The Sages Tao Te Ching by William Martin. And there are beautiful verses of wisdom on each and every page. And I am grateful to be reminded in such a gentle way to, quote, enjoy the moments given to me. How are you enjoying your moments today? Do you keep track of the things you are grateful for? Do you keep a gratitude journal? Or better yet, an evidence journal? That evidence journal, that's not my phrase that I coined. That's Dr. Robert Anthony. He speaks in all of his trainings of an evidence journal. That's a journal where you log down evidence of the blessings in your life and also the evidence that your subconscious mind is creating the outcome that you want to have. I like to think of it as evidence of the blessings that you receive each day. This morning, our topic is on anxieties. Anxieties. We'll start with those middle-of-the-night kind of worries. We'll explore the brain mechanisms associated with anxiety and then discuss solutions. The kind of solutions that you can incorporate into your day-to-day life that bring you out of anxiety and into a more positive and constructive emotional state. So let's start with the experience of anxiety. You've had this experience at least once or twice in your life, maybe more. It's that all-pervasive feeling of dread, like something bad is about to happen. Or maybe for you, it's that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. For some people, anxiety is that continuous thought that just won't go away, like reliving an argument you had three days or three years ago, or a fear of something that hasn't happened yet but might 
What do you worry about? Is it money? Your job? Your relationships? Your children? Your parents? Your significant other? Do you fret about things that might happen? Or do you fret about things that have already happened? When do your worries appear? Do you worry in the daytime? Or do your worries wake you in the middle of the night? Do your worries stay quiet when you are busy, but keep you from falling asleep or resting peacefully? Sometimes, worries during the night dissipate in the light of the day. Those nighttime episodes of ruminating or racing thoughts do seem to go away in the morning, unless you've had some vivid dream that exacerbated the fear. But we can categorize any sense of fear that is diffuse and free-floating as an anxiety. That's actually pretty close to the clinical definition of anxiety. But I'm not talking about clinical anxiety. I'm just talking about the worries that we create within ourselves. The other common characteristic to an anxiety is that no matter how real it seems to the person experiencing that anxiety, it usually has very little basis in fact or logic. And it is as far from intuition and wisdom as one can get. Intuition cannot work when one is in fear or anxiety. I chose this topic this week because I've noticed over the past few months an increasing number of clients coming in with what they label as anxiety. Sometimes it's all-consuming, taking over the person's life and ruling their every step and thought. For some, it is so hard to separate from the anxieties that it feels like the anxieties themselves are their real world. And everything else has a surreal feeling to it. Are your worries few and far between? Or is there a more constant sense of worry that is present most of the time? Do your worries interfere with your enjoyment of your life? Do you have trouble being present to an activity or experience because in the back of your mind you were worried about something? Does your worry keep you from laughing? Now, what I've described is obviously a spectrum of mild to severe. So I'm asking you to consider your own experience with anxieties. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Do you have an occasional moment of worry that you can put to rest easily? That's probably the low end of the scale and very normal in human experience. Do you worry a lot? Do you worry about little things? Do you worry about things that have nothing to do with you? Do you call yourself a worrier? Do you relate to members of your family who are worriers? I had a client come in and tell me that all of the women in her family are worriers. She came in because of her own feelings of anxiety. Hmm, imagine that. She tells herself that story, that story that many of us tell ourselves. I come from a family of worriers, therefore I must be a worrier. Does it sound like she had already identified with being a worrier? You see, some people tell themselves that because someone in their family has an issue, it means they must be destined to have the same issue. Let me be the first person to tell you that you have no obligation to carry on a negative family legacy, whether, whether it is the mishandling of money or the development of a physical illness. You are a separate and unique individual. You have inherited some genetics from your parents, but you never have to activate those genetic switches. You may have learned certain coping skills from the people who raised you, and you may have to learn new skills. But you have access to better information and better nutrition than your parents did. You can learn from their examples 
and decide to do things differently for yourself. You can be healthier and live longer than your parents did just because you have more information and choices than were available to them at your present age. Do you understand? You are in charge of your health, your decisions, and the choices that you make. So let's start with the worrying. You have choices about your worries. There is always a solution to a problem even if you cannot see that solution or find it today. It still exists, waiting for your discovery. The interesting thing is that the whole concept of worrying, the whole brain activity of worrying, prevents you from seeing the solution. Isn't that interesting? The thing you worry about is actually solvable. But because you are worried about it, you can't see the solution. It's so common that the brain works that way. And it works that way because of how we focus our attention. If you focus your attention on the problem, you cannot find the solution. If you look for evidence that the problem can be resolved, you will find a solution. Now, we'll go into this a greater depth. But for right now, I'd like you to become aware. Pick out a worry that you have, something that disturbs you in some way. And notice what you've been doing with that worry. Have you been paying attention to the problem? We're going to take a short break now while you reflect on that. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. 
You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. We're talking about anxieties this morning. And I'm asking you to start from an awareness of your worry patterns. Are you a nighttime worrier? Do you do all right during the daytime, but at night when you should be sleeping? Do your worries come to life? There are a couple of different types of nighttime worriers. There's the once-a-month racing thought, can't get to sleep, not really awake kind of worry. That's usually a, a woman's pattern, has a hormonal basis, and it might only occur one or two nights of the month. And if you look at it in relation to the menstrual cycle, you'll notice it falls in that premenstrual phase. And is a kind of a signal that the body is doing that progesterone to estrogen swing? When I was really young and had very few real obligations, I used to love that night because I could be wildly creative and come up with some really great ideas. A little later on when I had lots of obligations, well, that was just a nuisance. I like the homeopathic remedies to solve that problem. They are subtle and without adverse effects. And the homeopathic remedies simply help the body to balance itself again and sometimes even a, a simple over-the-counter remedy works. And other times, you might have to find a homeopathic physician in your area. In some places, that can be a challenge. Okay, so then there is the fall asleep fine, wake in the early hours of the morning and can't go back to sleep warrior. This pattern often has a characteristic of racing thoughts, thoughts that seem to have a life of their own, that once awakened simply won't go back to rest. Some people use this as their creativity time, or their organization time. If that works for you, then by all means, use the time to sort through things. But if your racing thoughts simply fatigue you and have no productive end, then perhaps another solution is in order. I agree that it can be a challenge to rein those thoughts in when you are in that semi-sleep state. When that happens to me, I often get a little chuckle when I remind myself that I am a hypnotist. And it seems like I should know how to put myself back to sleep. But even in that little moment of humor, that's an effective tool to interrupt the worry pattern. Do you see, when I laugh at myself because I'm not sleeping, and I am a hypnotist, I mean, that's one of the things that a hypnotist does, is they help people fall asleep. They help people deal with their insomnia. And so here I am wide awake. Why would that be? It's a comedy to me, and in that comedy, I've both changed my perspective and I've interrupted my thought pattern. 
Let me explain the brain science here. That middle of the night or early morning worrying does not take place in your sleep, nor is it a fully awake state. It's in between, sort of similar to the state when you fall asleep or when you are in a relaxed state like in meditation. In these brainwave states, your subconscious mind is actually sorting and organizing information. Usually, you are not aware of this activity. It takes place beneath your conscious awareness. Or sometimes you might know your mind is busy, but you don't really know what you're thinking about. This is not a sleep state. It is just above the sleep state. You are vulnerable to suggestion during this time. So turning on the TV to get back to sleep is probably a bad idea, unless you like getting suggestions from late night TV. Personally, I want to protect my mind from that kind of suggestion. So in this state of semi-wakefulness, you are just awake enough to notice the activity of your subconscious mind. This first strategy is to interrupt this pattern. You can direct your thoughts to something that you find very funny and allow yourself a middle-of-the-night chuckle. This will pull you out of the racing thoughts and reset your brain. You can use your skills in relaxation or meditation to bring yourself all the way up and then relax into a deeper state or to focus your thoughts on a calm and peaceful place. Do you understand what I mean by bringing yourself up? It's like bringing yourself awake, bringing yourself out of a meditative state, and then putting yourself back in to that meditative state again. Either of these makes use of this existing state of brainwave activity and simply redirects your thoughts to a more pleasant experience, allowing sleep to occur naturally. Allowing yourself to direct your own thoughts is something unrelated to the actual state of sleep. And in allowing yourself to direct your thoughts to something that's not sleep-oriented, you understand if you shift your brain into some other thought, it kicks your brain into finding that sleep cycle. And that will just kind of occur and evolve automatically. How do you do this? Well, when I find that my thoughts are racing and I cannot seem to direct myself to more pleasant thoughts, I shift my focus to my physical experience at that moment. In other words, I stop paying attention to all the thoughts that are racing through my brain and I start paying attention to my physical body. I notice the position I'm in. I notice how my physical body is feeling. I notice if there's any aches or discomforts. I hold my thoughts only on the physical and do not permit any other thoughts about any other topic that is not related to my current physical position, sensation, or movement. If I get distracted and I go racing off on some other thought, I just bring myself back to that physical awareness. And so I might focus on my neck and shoulders, noticing the position I'm in, noticing the tension or relaxation of those muscles. If I notice tension, I just imagine that I am breathing relaxation into those muscles. I keep my attention on the physical aspects of those muscles until I have moved those muscles to a more relaxed state. Then I move my awareness to another area of my body, my hands and arms, for example. I do the same thing there. And I repeat this until I have relaxed all of those muscles of my body or I fall asleep, whichever comes first. But either way, 
I have been successful in redirecting my thoughts from the worries to a different aspect of my being. The worries are no longer in my thoughts. Some people are very kinesthetic and respond well to a rhythmic movement, like a rocking chair, tapping your fingers, or slowly moving a foot back and forth. All of these are examples of this strategy. If you know that movement is a way that you sometimes calm or soothe yourself, this might be the strategy for you. That simple movement will disrupt the subconscious activity and shift the brain to a more balanced state, allowing sleep to occur naturally. Some people are more visual and like to use imagery to address those racing thoughts or their nighttime worries. An image of the place where you feel most peaceful will interrupt those racing thoughts or nighttime worries. It is impossible to be in two emotional states at the same time. So by imagining yourself in your most peaceful place or more most relaxed place, you can shift your thinking out of the worries. And another easy strategy is to create an image of a box to put your worries into. You can take some time to make this imaginary box just right. And I'm going to talk about boxes a little later on, too. You can make it plain and simple or fancy and beautiful. You can add extra locks or keep your worries safe. Or you can put a special blanket of loving light to seal the box and your worries inside of it. Whatever kind of box you create for your worries, let it be just right for you. Make it fit you just right and then use this image anytime, day or night, that a worry becomes an interference. Move your worry to the box and seal it. Then move the box to your own left side. That's right. Move the box and the worry it contains to a place that is on your left. I like to imagine a shelf in a garage off to my left and down near the floor. It's sort of like a place that I would store something that I mean to get to but really just forget about. So when I put it there, it's where my worries really belong, in a place that I just forget about. If you like to work in pictures, and working in pictures in your mind is a good thing for you, then this might be the strategy that works best for you. But what if you are auditory? What if your worries take the form of hearing an argument or a conversation over and over again? Does that happen to you? Do you replay conversations in the middle of the night, thinking of all kinds of things you wish you had said? Well, go ahead and play it out. There's no rule that you have to keep the conversation intact. Why not change it? So rather than replaying the old conversation, play a new conversation. Imagine meeting this person in the same way you did in the actual situation. Become aware of the surroundings and the position that you were in in the conversation as it took place. You might even imagine yourself observing the situation from another part of the room, like you're watching yourself have the conversation with the person. And as you observe the conversation, you can make some adjustments to the words. You can imagine yourself saying an entirely new set of words, creating a whole new conversation with that person, or you can change the sounds of the words. That's kind of fun, isn't it, changing the sounds of the words? To change the sounds of the words, you might imagine the words as if they are on a recording and you fast-forward it so all the words are jumbled up in a different pitch. Or you can imagine playing the sound backwards and slow it way down so that the sounds are deep tones and the words are indistinguishable. 
you can imagine taking adding a track of silly music to play as you fast forward the conversation, or you can add deep drama music as you imagine playing the conversation backwards. Even better, if the music gives you a little chuckle, remember humor interrupts the pattern of thought so that the brain can reset or rebalance itself. I like to imagine circus music, because those sounds always make me smile. You might be surprised how easily you can change your thinking with one or two of these simple strategies. And once you discover how to do this in your nighttime, you can use it in your daytime, too. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking about those daytime worries and strategies to take care of those. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Oh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. We've been talking about anxieties and worries 
And we just covered the nighttime worries, the ways that our worries wake us up in the middle of the night or disturb our sleep. And now I'd like to switch to your daytime worries. First, let's sort out your real daytime worries from that diffuse, not based in anything worry. Sometimes there are things that really do upset us, and I am not suggesting that there is never a time to be upset by something. It's okay to be aware of a situation or a person that you are upset about. There are situations that seem so overwhelming at times, and there might be real things that are presenting as challenges in your life. And it might be necessary to take some time and sort that challenge out. Writing it down, drawing a picture, talking it over, all of these are good approaches to help you move through a challenge. And yes, moving through a challenge will take a lot of your focus, your attention, and your energy. But that's how you move through a challenge. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is very different than a worry or an anxiety. Let's sort out the source of your worry first. Is it an expectation that you have for someone else, but they fail to follow your script? Expectations can be a real source of frustration and self-imposed discomfort if we fail to recognize our own responsibility. We are only responsible for ourselves and our own actions, thoughts, words, and being. Any expectation I may place on someone other than myself is bound to disappoint me at some point because I don't get to make other people's choices for them. If I do not want other people to tell me what to do, or to make my choices for me, then I am obligated to respect their right to the same freedom of choice and self-determination. Parents sometimes fall into this trap, especially when it comes to an adult child, expecting an adult child to follow the parent's guidance or direction. But your child, as an adult, has the right to their own choices. Your child, even before they're an adult, has the right to their own choices even if those are not the choices you would have chosen for them, even if there are negative consequences to those choices that you would rather shield them from. It is not your choice to make, and your worry does not solve the problem or benefit them in any way. Your expectations, unmet, are simply a recipe for self-imposed discomfort that manifests itself as worry. You might call it stress. Or you might make yourself sick. But in the end, it is self-imposed. And you can make a different choice. Is your worry about something in the past or something in the future? This is where the strategy of mindfulness comes in. I love this quote from the Dalai Lama. When asked what surprised him most about humanity, the Dalai Lama said, Man surprises me most about humanity. Because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived. I love that wisdom. Can we take that quote apart for just a minute? The line... Man sacrifices his health in order to make money. Are you doing that? Do you allow your job, your work, to rule the other areas of your life? Do you identify so much with your job that you have lost other important aspects of yourself? 
And I actually, in my mind, job and work mean two different things to me. Work is of benefit to you and whoever you serve through your work. Job? Job is a structure that you participate in. But job does not define you. If you have allowed yourself to identify so much with your job that you have lost other important aspects of yourself, like your relationships, your self-care, your sense of self, you are imposing a worry where none need exist. How have you trained the people you work with and for? If you always stay late to get things caught up, that becomes the expectation. Not because someone else set that expectation, but because you taught them to expect it. You are responsible for your own boundaries. You set or compromise your boundaries every day. That is your side of the street, your responsibility. If you have set up certain expectations, it will be harder to adjust it now than it would have been early in the job or a relationship. But you can always set new boundaries. Your job is to stick to that boundary after you've set it. People respond to whatever you train them to do. Let me give you an example. When I first went into private practice, I saw clients at 7.30 in the morning. It fit my sleep schedule and my energy level. I also saw clients late at night. I don't do either of those anymore. I'm no good at 7.30 in the morning. I don't move that quickly anymore in the morning because I stay up very, very late. So I'm not at my best at 7.30. If a client asks me for an early morning appointment, I simply tell them, you don't want me at that hour of the morning because I'm not very good. I won't be at my best. I won't be of my best work or service to you. As I make adjustments to my schedule, my clients adjust. The only thing that I have to do is be confident when I say no to a request. But if I'm sure within myself that that's just not something I want to do, if I come across with a firmness and a confidence in that, then my clients respond. People respond to whatever you train them to expect from you, and you can train them to a different expectation. So think about it. If you were to list your priorities in order of importance, would you place your health as more important than your job? Probably. If you compromise your health, can you still do your job? Maybe not. Or maybe not as well or as effectively. Do your actions reflect your priorities? The next part of the quote speaks of anxiety about the future. The quote is, he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. Where do you live? Are you worrying about the future? Are you living in the past? Do you spend your thoughts on things that have not yet happened? Or things that you imagine might happen? It is one thing to plan and anticipate. It is an entirely different and wasteful thing to spend your time worried about things that may never occur. You can consider your options or the possible consequences of the choices that you make today. You can let yourself consider how you may address such consequences. But worrying that something may happen, worrying about how to handle it, worrying about how to avoid it, all of these are a waste of your energy. All of these ensure that you will create the outcome you most fear 
Because in worrying, you send your thoughts, your energy, and your subconscious mind to create whatever you think about the most. We've discussed this before. The thing you worry about is the thing you will focus on. As you focus on this, you will begin to see evidence of its truth. Here we are, back to that evidence journal. As you look for evidence of the truth of your fear, your mind creates the outcome of your fear. Worries are wasting your energy. Or rather, worries are spending your energy in a direction you least desire for yourself. Take charge of your thoughts. Be present in this moment and let go of anything that is not now. I agree this takes practice if you've not done it before. It especially takes practice if you are very accomplished at living in the past or the future and avoiding the now. It especially takes practice if you were raised by worriers or surround yourself with people who spend their own thoughts anywhere but in the now. So how do you bring yourself to now? There is the physical aspect of being present. Your nutrition plays an important role in your brain's health. A healthy brain has sufficient neurotransmitters to form logical and clear thoughts. A brain without adequate nutrition cannot think clearly. A brain without adequate nutrients, brain nutrients, cannot remain calm or stay stable in mood. We have an abundance of food but are poorly nourished when it comes to our brain's health. Our processed foods, our high-sugar artificial flavors deprive our brain of the macro and micronutrients that we need for a healthy brain. It's not just about having enough calories, it's about having the right nutrients to keep the brain functioning. And it is the consistency of those nutrients every day that makes the difference in our brain's health. The basic brain health diet has low glycemic carbohydrates, adequate protein, and a balance of the different fats, the omega-3s and 6s. That facilitates the absorption of vitamins, minerals, and micronutrients that are necessary building blocks of healthy brain function. I've talked about exercise for several weeks now. I won't stay on this long. But if you are a worrier, exercise can dissipate that energy and reduce the tendency for worry. You see, as you increase the circulation to your brain, your brain gets more nutrition and oxygen. The brain, the body signals the release of the feel-good chemicals in your brain, and so you feel less apt to worry. The physical release of energy through exercise also allows for less repetitive thinking. It gives you an outlet for the energy of worry. And this leads me to the strategy of distraction. I'm sure you know this little trick. You make yourself do something when you are worried. I mean, instead of sitting still, give yourself a task. Make your own rule that while you are doing that task, you may not think about the source of your worry. You simply stay focused on the task. This is the beginning of mindfulness. This is the beginning of staying present. Some people clean or cook or eat or, I don't know, they do many things when they are worried. But it is not an exercise in mindfulness, in presence. It is a distraction, an avoidance. That just ensures that when you do sit still, it will surface again. Or when you try to sleep, it will loom in front of you. That's not useful as a strategy to change from worrying to calm. Practice focus on the task at hand. Allow yourself that time that it will take to complete the task to be totally present to the task itself. This brings you into the now. If you are washing windows, then notice the spray of the cleaner on the glass, the pattern of the liquid as it flows down the pane. Notice the dirt and the contrast to the clean part. Notice your own movement as you wipe away the dirt. Notice how you breathe as you wash the window. 
Notice the difference in the window as it com is completely clean. Notice the trash that you have created from the task. Notice how you so freely let go of that trash when it has served the purpose it was intended for. What a great metaphor. What a great lesson in letting go. How can you use this metaphor in your life? If your worries are like the trash, can you release them now? Have your worries served their purpose? Can you release them? This is the lesson of mindfulness. We're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, we'll complete this process of talking about mindfulness. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Oh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. We've been talking about worries and anxieties and the strategies that you can use to move yourself out of worry and into calm or peacefulness. There's one more strategy I'd like to cover before we end this program. 
that is the strategy that can be very successful for a habitual worrier, someone who just kind of has the habit of worrying about things. The, it's actually called compartmentalization. It's a big word. Don't worry about it. I think of it as putting things in boxes. I love boxes. I'm attracted to boxes. I can't go to an antique show or a gift shop without standing and staring lovingly or longingly at some beautiful box. I especially like the antique toolboxes. Why do I like boxes so much? Well, in part, because I like to use the metaphor of boxes to sort and file things that I have no control over. There are many things in our lives that we do not control, but find upsetting or disturbing. Worrying does not change it. We have no part in the solution. Putting this in a box is a useful way to remove the thoughts that are associated with it. As you can imagine, I have lots of boxes in my home, but my favorite box isn't a box at all. A dear friend gave me a prayer box at a time in my life when I had a major challenge to move through. It is a beautiful carved metal vessel. It's very simply adorned. It has a, a lovely lid to it. And there's a quote inscribed on the lid, a quote about faith. I have used this box many times to release a worry or a situation over which I have no control. Sometimes it's about a person that I love but I can't fix something that's happening to them. Sometimes it's about a situation in my own life that I really cannot make a change in because I have no responsibility for it. I've created my own ritual to symbolically place the object of my concern, the situation or person that I'm disturbed about, into the faith box. It is a way that I remind myself that I am small in a vast world and that in my belief there is a power greater than me that moves in mysteries. It is my way, when I place that concern in the prayer box, of letting go of the outcome of the situation. It is also a way to remind myself that things work out, especially if we can discipline ourselves to stay out of the natural flow of energy. If we can remove ourselves from manipulation and fear, the solution often involves just as it should. This strategy alludes to an even more important strategy, a strategy that once achieved ensures that worries will not be a part of your energy again. If the prayer box reminds you of a power beyond you, the most important strategy for releasing yourself from worries and anxieties is to move beyond yourself. Worry is a selfish act. Worry wastes your good energy and poisons it with fear. Worry is about you, even if you are worrying about someone else. Moving outside of yourself and into a place of service is the ultimate antidote for worry. When you give of yourself with no expectation, when you offer your presence to the comfort or benefit of another, you cannot be in fear. It is impossible to be in two emotional states at the same time. If you are in gratitude for the blessings you have been given, you cannot be in fear of losing what you have. If you are in service to others, through your thoughts, words, actions, or presence, it is impossible to be in anxiety. Your focus is on the other person. Your focus is on assisting them 
in their need on this day. I'm not talking about codependency here. I'm not asking you to become a Mother Teresa. I'm not even asking you to sacrifice in any way, unless you consider giving up your worries a sacrifice. I am simply asking you to shift your focus from within yourself to outside of yourself. Be present to each person you encounter in this day. How do you influence them? Are you a positive force in their world? Can you move outside of yourself and bring a smile, a kind word, an action of generosity to the people who will cross your path today? You change your own brain when you focus on compassion and acceptance of others. You change your own brain when you perform an act of kindness. But here's the really cool part. That simple gesture of kindness when observed by someone else, changes their brains, too. Now, how cool is that? Not only do you change your own brain, you have the opportunity to change someone else's brain in a positive way. Remember those mirror neurons that I talk about all the time? The part of our brain that is designed to reflect and anticipate an action observed in another? Well, those mirror neurons fire any time we observe an action, whether it is negative or positive. So when you perform a simple gesture of kindness, helping someone carry their bags of groceries to the car, paying for their lunch without even telling them, offering a genuine smile and an authentic greeting, you are influencing the brains of anyone who observes you you are affecting a positive shift in their thinking as well as your own. So not only do you create a benefit for the person that you have reached out to, you are creating a positive change in the brain of anyone who observes you, even if you don't know that you were observed. That is when you truly become the change you wish to see. You send out ripples just by your actions, your energies, just by your mere presence. Those ripples can be positive when you participate in positive, creative actions. Are you fearful? Move to gratitude. Look for evidence of the blessings in your life. Are you anxious? Move into service. Take actions that put yourself in the service of others. Make yourself do something for someone else. Are you worried? Move to action. Action that brings hope and light and love. Stand in compassion be inside the other person's life. Imagine yourself from their perspective, from where they stand and where they live. You'll suddenly be inspired by the courage, the determination, the persistence that other people demonstrate all around you. Be present to this moment in your life. Take the time today, on this day, to be fully present to the things that you do and the people that you encounter. Be completely present 
and authentic as you engage in them. This is the day that you have. Make this a great day. You truly deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. We'll be right back.